Before we get started with this week's episode, just wanted to plug our guest's Instagram. It is dat.aggie.makeup. That's D-A-T dot A-G-G-I-E dot makeup. We had a great conversation. We were talking about a movie with a plot twist, but tried to avoid talking about the plot twist itself. It was such a fun time. Very challenging episode to record, but it was fun nonetheless. Anyways, let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm Andre. And I'm Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of the Let's Go to the Movies podcast. This week, we are joined by Aggie. And remember, everybody, if you want a chance to be featured on a future podcast, follow the link on our TikTok in our bios and drop a follow on TikTok and Instagram at lgttm.podcast or follow us on Spotify if that's where you're listening to us or subscribe to our YouTube channel if that's where you're listening to us. Anyways, Aggie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, hello, my name is Aggie, Aggie Sasimova. I'm from the Czech Republic, but right now I live in the UK and I obviously love film. Awesome, yeah, we're very happy that you're here and very grateful for the premise that you brought for this week's episode. We're looking very for, at least I'm very, looking very forward to this. It's a different concept. So what we're doing is talking about a movie that is known for having a big plot twist, but we're not gonna talk about the plot twist. Don't know how that's gonna go, but we'll try our best to avoid the spoiler, but regardless. We should have a tally of how many times we, um, we failed. Yeah, we'll just keep, yeah, we'll keep a counter. Let's do that. And um, we'll just cut out those bits if we have to. But the movie that we did decide on uh, talking about is Secret Window from 2007, I believe it is, with Johnny Depp. I think so. Yep. So, Aggie, what made you pick this one in particular? So I was deciding on what what would be cool to talk about, and obviously I love plot twist movies, and it's, I think, nowadays pretty um, in to actually watch a plot twist movie because nobody wants to talk about uh, spoilers and stuff like that. And I love thrillers and this is a kind of thriller plus it's based on um stephen king's book so mm. good mixture of things <laughs> for sure awesome yeah so you said before that off the podcast that you've seen this already but haven't seen it in a while and that's why you kind of wanted a refresher on it yeah so we'll kind of do our round table of what our first thoughts were it were for it if we can go back to the first time that we've seen this movie for jesus and i it's been in the last couple of days but for you it <laughs> must i don't know when you've seen it last but do you remember yeah it was, it, was like? it was ages ago okay like actually i don't remember that far back <laughs> <laughs> oh it's actually from 2004 my bad yeah 2004 i was gonna say oh, that yeah. i was gonna say that there you go freaking i did I did like the movie. It was it was really confusing, not confusing. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was a very interesting movie. I really liked the premise of it. And um, same shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the interesting name. It's one of the first things I guess. Okay, um, for rating, I would probably give it like a seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Yeah, that's already better than what I'm looking at. 
Oh, I forgot to prompt us with that too. Yeah, we'll do our first viewing and the rating at the same time. <laughs> My bad. Um, but yeah, so looking at the ratings for it, 46% from Rotten Tomatoes and 6.5 out of 10 from IMDb. So those are Dang. kind of poor scores. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's not that good. <laughs> but I, I mean, the, the uh, ratings. But obviously, I feel like the movie is well done. Mm-hmm. Like the symbolisms mm-hmm. and different messages. Mm-hmm. I feel like it has so many messages for you to actually figure out what's going on for sure yeah like i mean this was the first time i saw this so i didn't know what to expect at all like the synopsis just looking at the one that google provides it's a writer moves to his lakeside cabin to find solitude however a psychotic stalker blames him for plagiarizing his work and refuses to leave him alone so just looking at that i was just like oh okay i was expecting just like a regular Run of the mill, like he can't get out of his house because somebody's like, like praying around the home. Like a cabin horror hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking something along the lines of Hush, which is mm-hmm. yeah, like Hush with like the blind and no, she's not blind. She's deaf. One, that's yeah. She ha- she can see. She's deaf and she's like haunted by like stalked by someone. So I was thinking in the same way, but it, not at all like that. It felt much more like misery with kind of the setting and like the introduction and the yeah, fact that it's also like a writer too yeah the whole the fact that the whole movie starts with a very um no context scene where he um comes into the room starts shouting at the two uh, in the bed and it just yeah even that for me because i saw it the last time ages ago and when i watched it this time I completely forgot what's going on. I didn't know that the first scene is somehow connected to the actual main plot twist. Um, didn't know. And I feel like that kind of gives it a good messed up introduction to it because you don't know what's going on and then you start feeling like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was very, like you said, confusing. I didn't know what anything meant for it. I it was a very much a cold open for the film and we, we don't really get to see the context of the opening scene until halfway through or I th- yeah I think it's like when he mentions for the first time that he's actually going through a divorce right and that takes a while for him to actually say that yeah for sure him being Johnny Depp for the audience that hasn't seen the movies um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, one thing. Oh, I guess we never actually got your answer, though, Aggie. Um, when you first saw this movie, were there, what was like your first thoughts for it? Did you enjoy it more than you did this time? Did you enjoy it more now? Yeah, cause the, the thing is, I do not remember specifically when I watched it for the first time. But it was definitely not like 2004. <laughs> yeah. But i remember that for me it was like one of the first plot twist kind of thriller movies that i've seen and it it really shocked me and i liked it so much but to be fair for the second time because i knew what's gonna happen i was just trying to click all the symbolisms and all the like why is he where he is why is he leaving the cabin um why is he meeting shooter just at cabin and stuff like that so to be fair i feel like if i would watch it for the first time now 
I would probably click what's going on, clock what's going on, but at the same time, it still gave me the very messed up dark, like, you know, you need to reach into his mind what's going on. And also the fact that, which I appreciate right now much more, is about an author who's writing another book and he wrote this book. And that's like kind of the same thing that Stephen King, you know, like from his life. And mm -hmm. it just kind of cooperates the whole thing. I think the book is called Secret Window, Secret Garden. Yeah, that's it. I'm not yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently he, I think uh, one of his like relatives is actually in that movie. I don't even know who, but I was just trying to look up like what, what's going on with Stephen King and this movie. And I don't know if he likes it or not, but I feel like it's a good mixture of his stuff and just like a new um messed up way to look at movies <laughs> yeah i mean it did i mean he stephen king is many times many times has written about writers i guess it's because yeah. he is one it just is easier yeah. for him to characterize somebody who has yeah. to deal with writing but it's it felt a lot like misery not in the sense of like having your leg broken you literally can't leave this house but in the sense of like this writer is being stalked and is trapped in some sort of way yeah. like and, missouri well yeah what, what kind of like made me being a bit bored when i was watching it for the second time was the fact that every time he leaves the cabin it just gets a bit meh i don't know how to really explain this it's more like yeah. we have this main plot that's going on in the cabin and it's very dark and mysterious and kind of sinister and he's kind of terrified of his life but when you leave everything just kind of stops in the main plot and it's just a bit like okay we need to sort this like bureaucracy stuff mm -hmm. and when you come back we can get more to the exciting stuff which right now for me it's a bit like okay that just lowers it a bit but when i was watching it the first time i was just engaged in every second yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I totally agree with what you're saying there. When they left, for the most part, other than when he was at the town diner at the post office, like when he was in New York, for example. Was it New York? I think it was New York. I think, Where, yeah, yeah. Whatever big city it was, I don't know. Yeah. Generic American big city. Um, <laughs> I felt like the whole point of many of those scenes was just to antagonize Ted. And yeah. it was... So I feel like, just to give context, Ted is Johnny Depp's characters is, that's the long way to explain it. Johnny Depp's characters is getting a divorce. And so his ex-wife is dating Ted. So that's who Ted yeah. is. And then <laughs> that, yeah, that's a roundabout way to get there. Um, but yeah, I felt like the whole time throughout the movie, he was unnecessarily antagonist forward. Like he was constantly hmm. just depicted as this massive asshole consistently and we never saw him do anything wrong other than the fact that he like slept with Johnny Depp's wife at the beginning of the movie but yeah. repeatedly it just happens and I don't know about you guys but I also felt like um Johnny Depp's character I don't remember his name right now but um Malt. Malt. yeah okay yeah was also quite an asshole himself he was like, no he i was yeah. struggling yeah. to like yeah. i was struggling to like him for quite a bit of the movie but then again that's a lot with many johnny depp roles is he doesn't play the most likable person so he does that well but it was 
interesting that they have also, that for the protagonist. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, I do absolutely agree because uh, I feel like they've pushed it too far with, if you know what the plot twist is, you know that Ted is just trying to, it's, it's, it's just a symbolism for what he's going to actually do at the end. Yeah. It's just pushing it forward so we know why is he doing it. But to be fair, I don't feel like it had to be that that much, as you said. Like it, yeah, yeah it was pushed. It was pushed a bit. And I yeah. feel like it was to, it was pushed so much to lead into a false twist that was more focused on Ted instead of Mort throughout the movie. But still, like they could have made it a little bit more realistic. Like he was just unbearable to like watch as a character on screen and yeah. but it, it just elevated every time because like they would just get mad at each other and consistently just start yelling and yelling and yelling but yeah so, but as soon as he got into the cabin everything was much more interesting <laughs> like you said yeah. yeah because um i feel like uh it, it's gotten to the point that there have been so many movies that take place in like a cabin setting like or with, like psychological horror and stuff like that there should be like a subcategory of movies of that, like a, like a cabin horror movie. I'm not sure if that's a thing, but whenever <laughs> he leaves the cabin like that, it just kind of breaks away from from what the movie felt like it was trying to be. It's it doesn't like, feel like so. What's the point? Like, what, why is why is this here? Yeah, uh, just a very strange flashback that I remember from when the house burns down. And it's the only time in the whole movie, except the beginning, obviously, when there's like a proper flashback throughout the scene is when uh, they are standing in front of the burned house and it just goes to like the past when it was okay. And it just it gave me something like, okay, this seems like they put a completely different director and yeah. this yeah. weirdest scene where they just like, you can see that they are both going outside and like that's it and it's just very strange like it just doesn't fit at all mm-hmm. no but it was like a specific that was specific scene i i enjoyed a lot it really did kind of characterize their relationship and you don't get to see that anywhere else really you get a weird towards the end of the movie pull that mort's wife wants to be with him again or his ex-wife mm-hmm. wants to be with him again at least that's what i got from it with like her running back to have I got a little sense of that, yeah. It, but I wasn't sure if it was because like of the context of the situation or what. Yeah, it was just getting all wishy-washy with their relationship. But then when you saw that 10, 15, 20 second flashback scene that you mentioned, you actually get to see what they were like for a brief moment. And it was goofy. It was, it was weird, but it, it was like the only one that really made sense for this for that particular scene I, I guess it definitely had some like symbolism in it like that that life got like burned down and like oh. right now it's just a bit worse i guess like mm-hmm. you can see the the new house flashing through the burn down i guess that was it but for me it just i don't know if it was the camera work or something just the whole flashback was from nowhere i like i expected maybe a bit more afterwards for him to like reflect to that or her but i i I mean it definitely had to be there something like that as you said like 
to see their relationship before they actually divorced or broke up or whatever. But at the same time, it's just that one moment just doesn't really fit with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm also kind of... This is just my own opinion. I'm also kind of bored of the plot device that... I guess King has used it quite a few times at this point, but have like this character who's supposed to be this big writer end up in a very vulnerable space in a small town. Yeah. All the time. He did it with it, with uh, Bill Denbro's character. He did it with Misery. Um, he's done it here. Uh, there's other... Is- there's other like stories that have done the same type of thing but it it's just almost overdone so that was the one point but then it also was 16 years ago that this movie came out but i was still kind of like oh okay this is something that we've seen time and time and time again didn't make me dislike the movie more but it just made me uh think that i could guess what was going to happen a lot easier, which I ended up actually doing. I guessed the plot twist about 20 minutes into the movie. And then once it happened, I was like, oh, oh, okay. So that that was a tiny bit of an upset for me. But then it was also like, oh, what did you expect? Like that's, it really kind of hints at it somewhat. But yeah, that's just my opinion though. I don't know if you guys have noticed that trope or anything like that. No, I have, um, especially, well, I, I don't remember what movie it is, but it's this lady that's obsessed with an author, and then she basically like, traps him in his house. house. That's Misery, yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's, um, Kathy Bates and James Caan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Um, to be fair, hmm, obviously... Because right now, there's so many movies about, like, DID and stuff like that. And just, like, mental stuff, mind, different mental illnesses, like Split, for example. That it's very predictable to just guess. Guess what's what's it going to be about? What was he going to do? But at the same time, I feel that those those little hints that they've done for example the smoking that he hides it from everyone i feel like that's a huge like a symbolism or like secret sign that um he has something hidden inside of him and he's trying to do it just when he's alone and that's the same thing that when he's alone he goes to bed and stuff happens when he wakes up so I, I guess they've done those things right, but obviously the idea is overdone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. But it was done in an interesting way, for sure. Yeah. Like the centering around the short story, which I don't remember what uh, Mort had it called for his collection, but oh, it was called Secret Window. Secret Window. Never yeah. Mind. I was thinking That's about the Shooter's. one that he wrote. Yeah, Shooter's hmm. version was a different title. Um, yeah. Centering it around that was pretty neat because it was—it's definitely something realistic where the fear of a writer or any creative person to accidentally plagiarize something that they've seen and just have a rep- as a repressed memory almost. Yeah. There's that, gonna be some books that like similar like that too. Like movies yeah. are definitely like that. It's like wow, this really seems like this movie. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it really does dive into that fear of any creative endeavor that people 
can go into. So that at least kind of gives it a fresher take on the isolated writer scenario. Mm. But it's... It's still the cabin and the isolation. Yeah. To be fair, it's it's not just the fact that he's an author, the, the fact that he's in the words that's same as... Um, What's the one Stephen King book? Uh, Gilbert's Game, is it called? I think? Oh, Gerald's Game. Gerald, well, yeah. Ger- oh, Gerald's Game. Gerald's yeah. Game. He's also like alone there, and at least she's still there. Like in this yeah. case, I would, <laughs> I wish he would stay there the whole time, and everything would be happening. Yeah. Through his cabin, for some reason, but I guess they, yeah. Yeah, I could see it being good that way, or. If you flipped over and had Shooter follow him outside of the cabin space, that would like give it equal opportunity. Like if we, if he, for example, left the lobby of his publicist in New York, and Shooter was in the lobby standing there, something like that to take yeah. him out of the cabin area would make it a lot more effective, and maybe it would have tripped me up for sure for what the twist was going to be. Yeah. In some regard but i i guess that's a bit harder just because obviously with what's gonna what's the plot twist i don't want to spoil it yes. but with with the thing the plot twist he can't really leave with him he can't be really seen with him in the movie so true. like from the cinematographical point of view it's it's hard to do that because obviously he's talking to him he is interacting with him sometimes he's even like you know, fret- being threatened and stuff like that, so he's scared. There's that one very odd scene when he wakes up from a nap outside of the cabin and he has just like something with his leg and he starts like running away from him, but he's not really following him. And I was so confused about this one even the second time because I, I literally, I, I forgot what's it supposed to like mean. And yeah, but I feel like they just couldn't really leave him leave. Yeah, exactly. Shooter is... Yeah, he's trapped in that space, and... Plus, I think he's... It's going to be, like, connected a bit to the fact that he's always drinking. Yeah. When everything happens, when he sees him, like, he's drinking whiskey or something. So I guess it's also the fact, like, oh, he drinks on his home. So when he goes to the town, he's just, like, what, let's say, sober. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it was one of those scenes that really clued to me what the twist was going to be. In particular, as soon as we saw Thomas Greenleaf drive by in the truck, I was like, I know exactly what this is. I know exactly what's going on for this scene. (laughs) And unfortunately, I was right, because then it kind of ruined the surprise in some way. But it was still interestingly done, the way that they... um, Every little moment that Shooter was in was just as important as the last to explain the twist. At least for the most part, they were. And just like a brief moment, I wanted to talk about John Turturro's performance as Shooter. He like did... He scared the crap out of me, honestly. He very <laughs> good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen him in other roles but i've only seen him in like so. comedic stuff 
Like he was in Oh Brother Where Art Thou and his he was kind of like the dumb one in the group. And he was also Jesus in The Big Lebowski, which was another, another like satirical yeah. character that was like a caricature basically. And so seeing him in such a serious and like menacing tone was really interesting. I, I hope he does stuff like that again sometime. I feel like the fact that um, the hat fits him so well. Oh yeah. And it fits yeah. Johnny Depp so well. Yeah. Like, you- that- makes it perfect his hair right. is really cool in that movie too like the the, the long like blondish like yeah yeah as soon as oh, i oh. saw the hat and he like wore it in one scene i was like he has to wear a hat in every movie he's in he's got to do something with the hat yeah <laughs> i was really grateful for that um i was actually watching and at one one scene i think it's like first time he wakes up from a nap he has this really like wombly kind of moment when he's trying to like wake himself up mm-hmm. and just like reach to something and i realized that that's like what because it was 2004 he um did pirates of the caribbean and then he did this mm. and you can slightly yeah. sometimes see his movements actually still being that because <laughs> he's like doing the stuff with his hands a lot being a bit like looking like drunk yeah. sometimes drunk the drunk yeah. is always a bit similar so I was like, oh my god, this reminds me of some. Oh my god, this is still like. Yeah, they come. Um, yeah, it felt like Jack Sparrow was trying to get through. It's funny because. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of. um of you know Charlie Cox from Daredevil? Yeah. The TV show? Yeah. Uh, apparently he was. I'm not sure if it was true, but I read it somewhere. That he was uh, auditioning for the role of Han Solo in the new Solo movie. And okay. one of the reasons he was turned down was because he basically didn't have to use his eyes. Because he was so used to acting blind for so long during the entirety oh, of the Daredevil yeah. show. No. <laughs> oh, that sucks for. Oh, that sucks for that role. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I really like the person they chose for Han Solo. To be honest. I mean, it does make sense though. There's like so many cases where actors are trapped in the role that they were doing. Like, there's like yeah. the whole the whole situation that happened with Jim Carrey when he was playing um, in Man on the Moon. And he was ah uh, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I have to, I still have to see Man on the Moon, but I like yeah, I know, I see it too. Like, like I've seen clips from the documentary that was made about his experience portraying that role, and he like lost himself because he thought he was actually Andy, and so yeah. like it's like in a lesser degree, but if you definitely like have adapted adopted uh, sorry these mannerisms because of a character, you I can see why like you can take a while to shake it off that's qu- quite the same as um i don't know if any of you have seen american horror story but there's a fifth season with oh, is it fifth i don't know a cult and evan pieces said the same thing because he's like this maniac kind of menson uh charlie menson uh complex when he's in a cult and he's the leader mm-hmm. and he was in many interviews just saying how horrible it felt when he got back home or like saw friends or something and he actually was still behaving like a psychopath like egoistic narcissistic <laughs> asshole yeah and he didn't notice that when he was during the shoot he was there during the shoot but then afterwards he was just like oh my god so many people turned back on me like i just mm. did not notice how much stressful this role was for me like that yeah it's shocking it's the, like the scariest 
thing for me if I ever want to go into acting is like lose myself in a character because it's happened yeah. so times. Because like you're forcing yourself to act this entirely different way. Like even if um, yeah, like theoretically, like that 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 in and of itself should kind of like force you into this other kind of person. Um, one, another thing that I wanted to add though from the movie was those Doritos he was munching on. I don't know what it was about them, but they look like they smack. <laughs> and like he's got like the old Dorito bag too, since it's like from yeah. 2004. It's true. Oh my god! And he's like so munching on it. Was he's uh, he looks all disheveled and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Those, those Doritos tell. look like they hit different. For sure. I couldn't <laughs> tell if it was like the most bl- blatant, deliberate product placement, or if they just bought the rights to p- put Doritos there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was just like, it was in your face in so many shots yeah. when he's because, at that couch. Yeah, another thing that I really thought about that is like, it's a struggle meal, you know? Like, you don't you don't sit there eating Doritos like, man, you know what? I really want Doritos right now. It's like, I guess we have Doritos. I feel like that's what happened to him. Because we never see him eat anything other than half a sandwich and Doritos. Mm-hmm. Movie, I think. It's a very modern symbolism for depression and like, anxiety yeah it's kind of spiraling downwards until you just find solace in the bag of doritos another been there done that am i right what happened (laughs) another thing that i didn't understand about the movie necessarily was the lady that came in to clean his place was was he was she just like some type of housekeeper that they had hired or something like that i couldn't really understand why she was there so I think um, I'm not sure how is it in the book, but this is what the film film gave me, is that he owned the cabin even before he moved there, and she was just like kind of taking care of it. Yeah. And he because he got divorced and he moved there, he wasn't used to her being there, and he was just like, oh my god, she's just so annoying. Like she's here the whole time. Like I live my own life, but she's literally just doing the cleaning and just like kind of taking care of it because it wasn't in a plan for him to live there. It was just a cabin in the woods. Yeah. So. I felt like with the way that at least Johnny was portraying the scenes with her in it is that we were supposed to be suspicious of her in some way, but I just never was. Yeah, she doesn't really seem like she was that important to the movie. Yeah, (laughs) but just like, because he was, I guess because Mort was just so jittery and neurotic throughout the film. Everybody around him feel like you were supposed to be suspicious of them in some way. Like, even when he went to the little diner place, the in, the brief interaction he had with the woman behind the counter, it made me go into the direction of, oh, this is a conspiracy of everybody's in the town is against him or something like that. But that was... Hmm. I guess just based off of his portrayal of always acting unnerved around basically everyone. Yeah. I think that's just because, like, they're trying to make you not trust everyone Mm -hmm. because that's what what his kind of thing is. He's not trusting his own mind at one point. So I I think they're trying to make us not believe our own senses with every person that we, every character that we meet Mm -hmm. during the Maybe. Should we trust them? But, oh, I didn't spell that. Right, yeah. Why is it called Secret Window? The short story. Because, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Because we, we've guess... covered that on mostly every movie, so we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And I guess <laughs> in the short story as well, it was called Secret Window because yeah, the, they found that window and it was showing the garden. It was that secret. His yeah. wife yeah. was making, yeah, I think. But like just with that title too, I was expecting some weird twist to be like some sci-fi alternate reality type thing that like yeah. takes them into some strange place. But for the movie, I, I, I was expecting. It, like... I won't say if that's the truth or not because we have to tr leave it open still. Yeah, but that's exactly so what, what actually happens going. at the end. It, I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no no no, Jesus! We can't do that this time. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just with the secret window, like, it could have been them all. Like, we know that it's the book, and we know that the book refers to the secret window in the cabin, mm -hmm. but yes, yeah. the thing we know. Like, there's much more shots, much more shots with actually having a mirror, yeah. which resembles kind of him and, you know, but the window should have been there much more if it even if it will be just a few more shots honestly if you find an interesting shot that you can like because they have those ones where the camera goes through the mirror and we can kind of go into living room yeah you know upside down everything different world but with the window it, it lacks that a bit it lacks it i just yeah <laughs> yeah i mean even like the introduction to um johnny in the cabin it's through like this weird reversed mirror shot that is like one of those ones where you go through the mirror and it's just like the reflection yeah. that you see and just with that it's like i don't know like are they trying to hint that like the actual secret window is like a mirror because you can reflect on yourself like that that's that one scene which uh it's not a big spoiler but <laughs> it's one of those when people can actually get it uh when he's he thinks that there's like someone in the house mm -hmm. someone in the cabin and he's trying to catch that person and he goes to the bathroom and he just smacks the mirror like that's a huge symbolism right. but it's mirror we i i feel like i need the window <laughs> i just needed the window uh, yeah, yeah I, same, same same here for sure it it felt not used enough especially with the setting of just how the window looked in that room was really, it yeah. looked really cool. And so they could have definitely done some type of shot where it was just, even if it was just sitting at the window alone and you could see something in the garden, you, for example. You know what would have been really cool? What? I mean, interrupt you, but I remember I, I've seen this movie in like, ah, man, what did I see? It was in one other movie, right? It focuses the shot on one thing. And like you can see all the action happening right in front of that, but like just out of frame. So like yeah. imagine imagine the ending being filmed like that, right? Where instead of like that, you just get the cinematic picture of the window, and then you see everything mm. else happening. Oh, everything and, like slightly you see off everything screen in the window. What? what you see like everything in the window happening? No, like the, the like the camera is focusing on the window, right? Yeah, but like it's everything's passively happening in front of the window. It's like if you're looking at it and then everything's oh, happening. Okay, so you're saying it's like deep focused on the window then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can still see all the okay. stuff, all the action and stuff in front. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I think that they've done it. that there yeah, they've once or twice. But not with the window. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. With him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done it 
in different ways, but if they like focus down the window, because we just need more window. We need more window. <laughs> yeah, we just need more window. Come on, we, we gotta do a new cut of the movie, I but see. just take a couple more shots of the window and throw them in there. Honestly, they could have done so much more with it. Like, there's so, so many good symbolisms that, like, so many signs that just reflects the whole mind situation mm -hmm. like even the um the scene where the cabin when he hits the cabin with something and inside of it it just like starts breaking through and it goes all the way mm -hmm. through the ceiling and that that's a huge very well done symbolism for like the whole mind thing but where is the window like come where on the window? <laughs> yeah I mean, how hard would it be to whatever because i feel like yeah. they focus heavily on I mean, it is based on the short story, so I don't know how oh, close of an adaptation it is. But they yeah. do focus on the short story, which is called Secret Window, enough. But because they introduced the idea of Secret Window with the actual window in the cabin, it makes it feel like the story and the physical window are equally important, but they don't focus on both the same. So it's it's weird, they, the way that they... Put their priorities in a strange mm. space instead of where the title suggests mm. yeah i feel like because um the director i think his name is david cap or something like that cap believes so. he yeah he he directed it but if you look at other stuff that he's done because he he's mostly a screenwriter because he's not even like Jurassic Park, which I did not expect being on that Ooh, list. I love Jurassic yeah. Park. So some of some of the stuff kind of you can see it, but I would never think of it. Never think of it before. Like I don't know if it's because it's one of the newest things that he's done, but that's a huge list of stuff that he um, was a part of actually. Right. Looking at his filmography, actually, he did direct. A movie from last year called You Should Have Left, which is another trapped in a house horror movie <laughs> that stars wow. Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried. But yeah, like looking at what he's written, he wrote Spider Man 2, I think. <laughs> it's also a little strange. He, he wrote, oh my god, he wrote, oh never mind, I thought that that was the movie oh he did write the movie he wrote zathura i don't know if you guys remember that movie yeah that was a, that oh, was a yeah, fun yeah. movie i loved that movie as a kid oh my goodness okay crazy yeah so it's weird that they yeah he has just a very strange array of stuff that doesn't nothing very fits, strange nothing fits together other than he did the first two jurassic parks and then but nothing seems to feel the same as the last yeah really. he doesn't the, the the genre doesn't usually stick mm -hmm. or like even the attitude of the movies are just completely different for sure huh. i really liked his watch in the movie. Oh, i thought you were talking about the writer never mind no have you seen did he see it did you get to see it wait the like oh yeah 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 he like had to throw the watch away at one point in time. Yeah, the uh, like with the, the the metal band one. Yeah, that's that's a nice one. Yeah, that moment there that we get though, with the reveal of those uh, two, we won't say who, but two dead bodies. 
that one, I mean, I was kind of annoyed with it. It was also most likely from the short story, but just the fact that Johnny Depp's friend also died in that moment and we didn't get to see it mm-hmm. because I felt like his character was becoming a more and more important figure because he was getting his yeah. scenes where like we get to see his side of a conversation instead of just focusing on yeah. like, Johnny's side but then this guy dies off screen and he we only know that he's dead because we never hear from him again and then we find his body much later I feel like it was kind of wasted potential for the character too because he was definitely like this protector type role that could have yeah been a lot more interesting if there was some sort of conflict that was seen. Oh, well, never mind. We do see the conflict. I just realized, but we can't say uh-huh. it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Damn it. In like anyway. <laughs> we really dug ourselves into a hole here. Um, so scratch what I was just saying. We do get to see the conflict, but it spoils the twist. Um. <laughs> One other thing that I had that I found really interesting, the way that they used it, because I haven't seen it used in that particular way, was voiceovers. Because I know that many times, like, voiceovers can be very cliched, or they can just be boring, because it's just an an inner monologue or exposition for a flashback or something like that. But this one was used as a dialogue, which I found very interesting because we never i've never seen that before it was never seen that before really cool. yeah because it was it really did feel how i mean it is in real life when you like have a conversation with yourself kind of when you're d- deliberating on some type of topic you go back and forth and that's exactly what happened with johnny like we get to hear his thoughts and then he responds to it which I guess also. I, th- I think he starts responding to it like quite late. He does, on. yeah. But at least it's like, I, be- I believe it's hinted that there is some type of back and forth because he does react to what the voiceover says. I think. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. I think I think he's like asking himself something, and that's the voiceover. And then when he wants to actually answer it he does as him yeah and it's not a voiceover and he just says it and then he's he keeps on asking and it just goes and i feel like that's the moment when if you like movies and you did not click this then have you been watching (laughs) for the past like four minutes because it's just so obvious yeah for sure but i don't know it was just a really neat way that they implemented that because it is really hard when it's like an isolation type well except for when he leaves the cabin and it gets boring but like when he's in the yeah it's like we don't want to we want to know what he's thinking we want to know what's going through his head it's hard to because to write dialogue for it really when you're just talking to yourself especially if there's no response but to come up with the call and response method in this way it was like really innovative and i honestly think I could have used that myself when I made my short film instead of having no dialogue because I was alone. So, I could have had issues, but that's besides the point because I can't change it now. But... Do a uh, uh, editor's cut of 
was the director's cut. The name Shooter, that's like, I, I know you, you said that, that's like the first thing. Yeah. It's interesting name, Shooter. Yeah. I was trying to it, think it, about the symbolism for that, too. It reminds you of the name Gunner. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Shooter, I think we've said it before, is the psychopath that is stalking uh, Johnny Depp's character that claims that he plagiarized the story. Um, but yeah, Johnny, a shooter, he... Everything about him was just eerie. Yeah. The way that he just appears at the door... Because, like, I don't even think he knocks. I think... Or he might knock. I don't really remember. I think but I, in the first scene, he's like, he knocks and it's uh, Johnny Depp who opens the door. But then he always sees him outside. Yeah. Yeah, the way he... How he's just always there like it's like oh yeah he's definitely like a stalker watching his prey and it was very very um unsettling and i don't get the trope of this is not the biggest spoiler because it happens in almost every movie like this why do they always got to kill the dog yeah like yeah honestly yeah every single time and like come on make let them let the dog live let the dog be the last survivor in a movie why is it always a dog I, I, I feel like it's because sometimes it's a cat, sometimes it's a cat. Sometimes, sometimes just, yeah. Dogs are more of a humanoid, <laughs> like more close yeah. to yeah, yeah, a yeah. person because they have like more feelings towards their owner and stuff like that. So I feel like it's that, but obviously, yes, it's again a dog and it's killed. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Forget the whole trope thing. I just don't want to see a dog die again in the movie because it's like the dogs are always like you always like at least me personally. I'm always like, ooh, a dog. I hope this one doesn't die in this movie, but then it oh. does every time almost. Like I just watched a movie called The Lodge. Spoiler alert: dog dies. Of course, <laughs> The Conjuring. Spoiler alert: dog dies. Like Damn. every type of horror movie when there's something going on in the house. And it's a family moving in, dog dies. <laughs> like, I feel like in this I mean, one, they just wanted to kind of show the threat that he was pushing. Yeah. That, like, oh, you are actually in danger. Like, this guy, this shooter, he's actually dangerous to you because he just was willing to kill your dog. Like, he didn't have any boundaries to just leave it for you to have your book. So, I guess that was just it. But. For sure, yeah. What I think... I don't know, this is just my brain going into the mode of I don't want the dogs to die. <laughs> it could have been equally effective if... if it was like a side character that got the same fate early on in the movie. Like if it was the... Like the cleaning lady. The woman that cleaned the, like, cleaned yeah. the stuff. Like if she was found in her car on the driveway or something like that. That would be at least to me, even more terrifying because it skips the point of a non-human being yeah. to yeah. an actual human being. And like that could have amplified it even more to make Shooter scarier than he already was. But then again, it's also yeah. killing this old woman character, which I is <laughs> not also, it's also- It's another trope, yeah. Not, it's also a trope, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's a good movie, but there's like, little things about it that i'm always like mm, why yeah. didn't they? it's some 
why didn't they do this? They could have done this instead. It's another one of those cases where it's a good horror movie, but when you look at it in like the sense of it being like in a sense of other movies, it's not the best. That's why I chose to give it like a seventy something because like yes, it was it was a, a a pretty good movie. It's got like these it's got like the, the, the plot twist and it's got all of the um, the elements of like this horror and it's got like the creepiness to it. But since it is a horror movie when it comes to like character driven and plot and all that symbolism and stuff, it's a little lacking in that department. Understandable, yeah. Oh, I never I really like Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um that at the end when we like know, finally know what's going on, how was this whole thing happening? Um they don't give enough space for us to like kind of I don't know how to express this, just be in the reality of him finally knowing because we have this there's um there's a scene where he goes to the shop or something and he sees the same woman that he saw behind the table and it's just really odd uh i mean i would just like to see more of him either going back to normal and not realizing who he is or not going back to normal but we just see everyone looking at him like he's crazy but we didn't know what's what, what happened we just know we just know what's happened in his mind kind of yeah even barely so though we that, don't that really know what's me. happening in his mind either. yeah like it's it feels when the actual twist occurs which was also done the effect that they used for that when we actually get to see this inner dialogue kind of play out in the real world. If mm. you, I'm trying to not say, I'm trying to say it without saying it, what's <laughs> going on in the scene. It, they do the same exact effect in the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Yeah. When like, uh, Jack Sparrow is like going crazy cause he has like heat, de- uh, he's got like heat stroke, he's got dehydration and stuff. And he's the same thing. They use the same type of effect. And I really enjoy that effect. It's 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 fun to see. It's it's cool to watch. But we don't get to see the actual twist kind of take control, really, with Johnny. Yeah. It just happens. And then the final five minutes before it cuts the weird epilogue just happen with just immediately. We just get thrown into it. Yeah. And it's you, you don't get to digest the twist that much really which yeah is unfortunate because it could have been so much more effective i mean it already was for the most part but it could have been much much better had they not rushed the last five minutes yeah i think so by the way i don't know if any of you noticed if you watched it um till the credits but there's a like at the end of credits where you have all the production and stuff like that uh, there's a, because the whole time it's like just whatever kind of song that was during the movie played, and at the end it's Johnny Depp singing, drunk something. Yeah. And it's, nev- it's never explained, and it's so strange. And I, when I was watching, I was like, obviously it might not have anything behind the um below the credits, but let's watch. And I was like really shook, shook that I found this, and I was like. What? Why? It's like few seconds of him just singing like he's drunk. 
sounds like Pirates of the Caribbean again. Oh my god. It's never explained. I don't know what that was supposed to be. I don't know. I don't remember what he's singing about. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Weird. Says, I missed that. I didn't end up... I think I was Riss. taking notes down at that point. I just... Yeah. While reciting the ending of Sewing Season. Oh. Is what Wikipedia says. Oh, fair enough. Wait, Sewing Season, is that the... That's the I'm short story, famous. isn't it? Wait. That's... The short story... In... I feel like the one that Shooter... Shooter's title was Sewing Season. Unless Sewing Season... Oh, could... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, never mind. It's also a song. Okay. So it could be a... <laughs> it could right. be the actual song. I'm not sure. Huh. Interesting. I didn't. I never caught that though. I, I, I'll go back and listen to the end. Yeah, it's 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 quite odd. Just yeah. at the end, and it's like very, very, very end. Yeah, but sure. even before that, something that I just feel like could have been d done different, but I feel like it is um, connected to other Stephen King's books, is the actual end scene. Where we see the ground with the corn. Yeah. That's Horror it, has like, been in a lot of horror movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, okay, I get it, like, you wanted to put it somewhere, but it could... On, again, once again, there could be a window at the end. Like, not the corn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did we go through the window to get to the corn, though? I can't remember. I think no, I don't think so. It just—it's no? a, I think, a long no. shot from uh, the top of the corn and just to the ground, and then it just goes pitch black, and it's just uh, right. credits. Yeah, I mean, I guess the reason why they did that is because corn is mentioned at the very end of the short story that he wrote. Yeah. So it's—it's it's just kind of closing in, just as his short story did, but. I was quite terrified yeah. when I saw like, because um, I think he's talking about them or something, or like we don't know what he's what 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 happened with them, um, and it just goes from the very top of the corn down, and I was like, oh my god, I was I don't remember this. Please do not tell me that they're gonna show us them buried like under the ground. I don't want mm -hmm. to see this because this is not. Like, that would be just so cheesy for the whole film. It would. And I was just like, please don't show us anything. And they did, and I was like, okay, that's good. That's then fair enough. <laughs> and the one thing that, I mean, the whole, I mean, I, I called it an epilogue earlier. I guess we can technically call yeah. it the epilogue after the twist happened. The whole thing was so weird because it felt like everybody that is still alive in the story knows the twist they know yeah. what actually <laughs> happened why hasn't anything been done about it because everybody knows and why does johnny depp have braces now it's so like yeah symbolism and there's a line i took i, I wrote took note of the line that he said in the store behind the uh, clerk hmm. he said he pointed at his mouth and he said, braces, getting a few things straightened out. I'm like, they didn't just do that for the symbolism, did they? Because that's like the most annoying shit 
generic yeah. baseline symbol for what just happened in the twist. Mm. And Dang. I'm trying to think. The what could it be? Yeah. Mm. I don't know if it was for a role that he had adult braces on or something like that, and they just couldn't get rhythm for this one. So they, they kind of shoved it in. <laughs> I don't know. I want to like read the actual original screenplay to see if they have, or I want to read the short story to see if braces mm. are a part of the end, because. It just threw me off. Completely mm. made me not enjoy the last few minutes. That's you see the braces, like, I hate this movie. This movie sucks. I am <laughs> anti-braces. Anti <laughs> somebody that had braces, whenever I see them, I, like, cry. Okay, so... <laughs> he, he shudders in fear. Exactly. That's why I didn't like it. But it was, yeah, just so strange. Didn't it, Another, I don't know if it's just the CGI because it's 2004, but very odd scene or like, it's a good scene, but I think uh, not well done, is when he's with this person, I can't say who, in his cabin for the first time and they are trying to talk to them, if we get what I mean. Mm-hmm. And he's so confused about... and he doesn't want to listen to this person. Yeah, I feel like that is a bit meh. The CGI just doesn't sit with me. I don't know if it's just right. that or if if it's the shots because the camera goes along with where he's trying to escape, like around the living room. Like he's just like, no, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to. And he's just like trying to figure out, very confused. And the camera is just quite. I, I don't know if it's the camera or the CGI. It's a bit... doesn't sit with me. Right, okay. I'm trying to... You didn't think say the name, so I'm trying is. to think about who it is. Um, okay. Just say it, we'll blur it, we'll like beep it out. Okay, uh... Okay, yeah. Yeah, I get <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I did kind of mention that earlier, because it's the same effect, like I said, they use in some of the Pirates movies. But it was, it is 2004, so it's not the best, necessarily. It didn't throw me off as much, just because I, I've, I've recently rewatched the Pirates movies, and so I guess I'm, I haven't seen movies with the best CGI recently. I guess I. Yeah. So, it, but I can definitely see that. Looking back at it, it wasn't done the best it could have been compared to today's standards, hmm. but... Because I think they tried to do the whole, we don't see just him and but they kind of cross each other, and we can like actually see their layers crossing each other, which is hard to do, obviously, but not nowadays. It used to be. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of blurs. I'm not sure about that. And it also, it's a very quick... Um, like very quick movement before he starts talking and questioning yeah. himself, and then this scene. For sure, it's very quick. It, it yeah, it lasts twenty seconds, I think, and yeah. we and it, the same effect is used like three or four times throughout. Yeah, and then it just kind of 
jumps back. So yeah, it does. It it was weird, but it was the instigation of the twist that, I mean, the initiation of the twist that this scene brought. So I don't, I can't really think of a way that they could have done it otherwise, or like in a different format, because it had to be that person who yeah they that person had to reveal the twist to Johnny, really. Yeah. So. I think they kind of did it when he's looking in the mirror and he sees himself from behind. So I think if they would do more of the kind of mirror thing, but again, I just don't want to see more mirror. Yeah. I want to see a window. <laughs> window. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that's probably hard to do. Maybe just him like kind of switching a bit more. I don't know. It's It's hard to... Yeah. Mm. And the whole Okay, I'm going to I'm going to talk about the twist in the most broad way possible because it's something that I did enjoy but think it could have been cool if it was if it was done now with the ability of effects that we have now. It could have been mm-hmm. a bit more interesting. So, when um somebody t- That's, that's too revealing. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, let me rephrase. Um, when the twist is revealed and a particular character is wearing a particular thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really would have enjoyed it if the two characters that are in question were just side by side and then like merged in some actual way or worked in tandem to commit this twist or like the act that the twist leads to it mm. it was like kind of a partnership in a way but it, we know that it we know what the actual scenario is going on like if it was done in a mm. way that still kept the two interacting with each other because it was they always have very cool interactions throughout it was always very uh well done and quite stressful throughout and if they just kept that in to the very end instead of kind of throw away that one character's performance for the last 20 minutes it could have been visually more satisfying in some ways Mm. if that makes sense i can't it's so hard to talk about it without talking about it but we're doing like a double vision sort of thing where it kind of crosses and then like they Something right. like, oh, that's kind of violent, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really aggressive, but... <laughs> like, like this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really wish we recorded video for that. That was really funny. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's kind of... That's what I could picture as... Being a little bit more... In, like a little bit more satisfying instead of kind of like oh like what the like what you were talking about with primal fear for example like i know what the whole yeah. thing is with primal fear instead uh-huh. of doing in that route if there was actually like yeah a split in some way i that also mm. god damn that spoils it too because i mentioned primal fear it's <laughs> not primal fear i'll keep that in how many people have seen primal fear recently I don't know. I, I don't even. I haven't even heard of the movie, so <laughs> there you go. I think we're safe. But 
by the way, what do you think about like the fact? Yeah. So the thing that happens at the end, <laughs> the the reason, the cause, why yeah. it happened. Do you think like it's reasonable? Because when I was watching it for the second time, I forgot why this thing all happened, and I was like, actually, that makes no sense. The cause is yeah. related uh, to the opening, right? Yeah. It was because that thing at the beginning, right? And then that thing that he yeah. like that he like. I don't. Yeah. I personally don't think it's justified. <laughs> that awesome. a little too no, far, especially since. Not. Yeah throughout it we get to see that rapport is not completely toxic or it's not completely awful throughout it between the two characters involved so it's yeah yeah it feels yeah off base but then again like the twist does suggest that like you're not supposed to be thinking straight so it just kind of happens because just something snaps but yeah. Yeah, because yeah, when I was trying to like reflect on every interaction that these people have, I was always like, it's not actually that bad. Like the first scene, obviously, that's it's a also, uh, I've read that in the first scene, the director he left them waiting 15 minutes for Johnny Depp to actually turn up. Oh, that's so they look very actually terrified. scary to think about. Oh my god. And when I think it was like, because it was the first take, so they waited 15 minutes. Then he came there just trying to do his role and shit. And then um, they switched the lights on and off, I think. And it, that's the whole take. The whole take is oh, like actually God. real. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> but, but that is the only like quite, ex I, I guess, not exciting, but like terrifying thing for him. What happened that like he caught them mm -hmm. in one bed, but then him and her, they don't really have no a crazy bad relationship. It's repeatedly said yeah. throughout the movie that him and his wife weren't really together for like months before then. So just the fact that like he's so angry yeah. all the time and like what we talked about before that Ted is so antagonized feels uncalled for because it feels like it's mm. it was an expected or a unsurprising event that occurred yeah plus he she is always calling him with a worry she mm. is actually worried about him and being nice and like do you want me to come if you need anything you can always call me and he's like i'm fine i'm fine which is the opposite of what i would like to see i would like him to stalk her him of being kind of obsessed with oh how are you doing are you with yeah. like it just doesn't really make sense for me to have her yeah. as such a nice character mm -hmm. or like, like caring I, I think i might have mentioned it before but just the fact that she goes back to the cabin towards the end of the movie to like have him sign the divorce papers at least that's what she says it feels very much like she's mm. going back to reconcile in some other way whether it be romantic or not it always feels hinted at that she still has feelings for him even though it should be the opposite like you said it it's yeah yeah 
overall weird characterization for that like three that love triangle that doesn't have a link between uh, mm. Johnny and Ted. So a love <laughs> where A A B or B yeah oh A yeah B, there you A. go um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, overall, it is like a very enjoyable movie. I mean, I'd recommend it for people that enjoy Stephen King adaptations. It seems like a fairly decent it's one King of the adaptation. Good ones, yeah. yeah, it feels very much like similar to King's work when it's like written out. It it feels like it fits similar tones and similar story beats, not just because the main character is a writer. Um, but yeah, so definitely recommend it. You can find it on no streaming websites in Canada. So you can find it on some very legitimate, uh, non-pirated websites. <laughs> Make sure you have your ad blocker on, by the way. <laughs> yes, not because it's an illegitimate website, but just to protect yourself. Yeah. Use yeah. a VPN too. <laughs> With NordVPN. No, we kidding. I'm joking. This episode is not sponsored by NordVPN, Jesus. They we should. talked about this. They should, an hour they should sponsor. <laughs> Hello, it's Craig Bot again. I just wanted to apologize for the really bad dad joke that Andre is about to say. So here's a warning for a very corny dad joke. I feel like it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Go, go go watch it right now. Yeah, whoever's listening to this and they haven't seen it yet. Like right now. Right now. Like like now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do it now. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. And once again, like praise to John Turturro's performance in like a very serious role. I haven't seen him do something like that before. Like where he plays shooter. Shooter? I hardly know her. Oh, I fucking hated that joke. <laughs> But uh, I think I sh I don't know if I kind of feel like I want to say it again. That was awful. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Hey. You know what? No. Leave it. Classic that joke. Yeah. Leave it. <laughs> I'll leave it as is. Okay. Okay.